welcome your presence. We want your will. We desire you to move in this place. Thank you, Lord. Well, we welcome you to Deeper 2024. I wonder how many come expecting the Lord to move, to work, and to help you, give you direction, give you things that you've been praying for. I sense a hunger already in this place tonight, and I know that God is able to minister to His people. And as you know, we don't waste any time. This is a preaching conference, two preachers, and uh, we don't have a lot of preliminaries. We have no agenda. We just want to surrender to the will of the Lord. And we're going to ask our first speaker to come to this pulpit tonight. Pastor Ron Tiller hails from Carrollton, Kentucky, excuse me. And uh, we're so honored that he is in this place tonight and uh, able to minister to us. I want him to come. I want you to open up your heart to whatever the Lord wants to do. Right now, as the man of God comes with you once again, lift up your hands to the Lord and let's invite His presence through the preaching of the Word of the Lord. you. Well, it's good to be in Tumball. I wasn't expecting to be here this time a few days ago, but I'm glad to be here. Appreciate what I feel in the Holy Ghost and to see some great men here that uh, I have great respect for, and uh, we appreciate you so much. Got a lot of friends here, and I love them, and I seen Brother McKillop come in, and Brother Man, when you're bringing them in from Belize, we're doing something around here. But we're glad to see you here. All of our, Brother Barentine, thanks for the invitation. God bless you. Appreciate that. I am not Rick Mayo. And um, so if you're confused about what you're seeing, then, uh, but I'm not Rick Mayo. But I like Rick Mayo. I like him. But uh, I do feel like the Holy Ghost has, I, I hate to say, orchestrated this, but I turned down an opportunity to be with Brother Odom for two days starting tomorrow and uh, Friday. And um, I told him I was just too much going on, couldn't do it. And uh, we're in a, a building project right now, so I wanted to stay close to home. And uh, just a lot of a lot of things going on, you know. And I've got one of my daughters and her husband and family live with us. He was a, He's a military man. He was gone for a year, so they sold their house, and I told him to move in with us. And Well, I didn't intend for him to stay. 
time. But it's been a joy. So I got four grandkids and a daughter and a son-in-law living with us. And I appreciate them, love them. And it's good to have my wife. She don't usually travel a lot with me. But uh, she's, I'm glad she's here. You know, if, you, if you're a preacher, you know what I'm talking about. But if you preach a message and, and you don't hear your wife say that was good, then you know it's one of those NW messages. Needs work. But if, if she tells you you preach good, I don't care if, if anybody else in the world says that. If she tells me that, then I know I've, I've done God's touched me. I ain't done nothing. But so I'm glad she's here tonight. And if I don't impress y'all, I want to impress her. But it's good to be here. Brother Tipton, God bless you. I love him. Elder, God bless him. Um, just good, good people. And when this is all over, I'm going to buy Brother and Sister Tipton a Frosty from Wendy's. So, we love Frosty. I want to take your attention tonight to three passages of Scripture. The first one is found in Judges chapter 1, verse 19. And the Lord was with Judah. Won't you say that with me? The Lord was with Judah. That's a big statement. And he drove out the inhabitants of the mountain, but could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley because they had chariots of iron. But the Lord was with Judah, but they could not. The key word is valley. I want you to go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Start reading verse 1. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to the battle and were gathered together at Sokol, which, be, which belongeth to Judah. So the Philistines are gathered against Israel in Judah's territory. They've already stepped across some lines and pitched between Shokal and Azekah. And this is a big word for a country boy. But Ephesadamim and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley. Everybody say valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines and the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side and there was a valley everybody say valley between them and then Psalms 23 the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Everybody say in the valley. 
He leadeth me beside still waters in the valley. He restoreth my soul in the valley. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake in the valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now this is a psalm dealing with the shepherd and his flock in the valley. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies in the valley. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over in the valley. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the valley. I want to preach to you tonight on this subject. The victory is in the valley. The victory is in the valley. Why don't you lift up your hands and your voices. And let's praise God for his grace and mercy. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your mighty acts. We thank you for your excellent greatness. We thank you because you're real and you're holy and you're true. We thank you because you care about us. We thank you, Lord God, because you are a mighty God in the battle. And we thank you tonight, God, because you love us. Lord God, your compassion, God, never ceases toward us. We bless you. We honor you. We praise you. We glorify a name that's above every name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think we can do a little bit better than that. Hallelujah. see it in Jesus name in the book of Numbers chapter 33 verses 51 through 56 gives us a law of the possession of the land the Lord speaks to the children of Israel and he says to them that when you go in and you pass over Jordan and you go into Canaan land you need to drive out all the inhabitants you need to destroy all their pictures. You need to destroy all their molten images. Pluck down all their high places and then divide the land among yourselves. But if you will not drive out all the inhabitants of the land, the things that you let remain are going to be pricks in your eyes. Or they're going to be thorns in your flesh and shall vex you in the land of your promise. Why are we vexed in the land of our promise? Because a lot of times the things that come against us are simply the things we've never driven out. The battles that we fight are self-inflicted. They're battles that should never have been had to be fight, fought against. Rick Mayo said, in one of my favorite statements from him, he said, we're still fighting battles we should have won a long time ago. 
a long time ago. So the Lord said, when you go in to possess the land, you drive out everything. You don't leave nothing. No, no idolatry. You don't leave out. In, you don't leave any inhabitants. You drive it all out. And the Bible says that when Israel went in, we know that they did not drive out everything. Matter of fact, you're going to read in the first chapter of the book of Judges that all tribes left enemies in the camp. Some of them, they made tributaries out of them. Some of them, they coexisted with. They made compromise with. And they just did not drive them out. Some of them had the power to do it. Israel had all the power to do it. They just did not do it. But the Bible lets us to know about Judah, which was the one that was to lead in the battle. He took Simeon with him. And the Bible said in their first battle, they fought against Adonai Bezek, who had killed and taken 70 kings and cut off their thumbs and their great toes. And he held them at his table and would kill them there. The Bible said that when Judah and Simeon came upon him, they took him and they cut off his thumbs and they cut off his big toes. Now, that's just a weird thing to do, I guess. But I guess when you realize what it means to the battle, when somebody cuts your thumbs off and cuts your big toes off, they take away your ability to hold a sword or throw a spear. They take away your ability to hold a shield. When they cut off your big toes, they take away your balance. You can't run away and you can't attack forward. They take away. So the Bible says that Judah prays, if you want to apply that tonight, praise does something to the devil that nothing else does. Praise dismantles the devil, cuts off his thumbs, his big toes. The devil loses his balance when people begin to praise God. The devil loses his ability to fight when people begin to praise God. The Bible said, praise ye the Lord. You need to praise him in the firmament of his power. You need to praise him for his mighty acts and his excellent greatness. We're in a battle tonight and our adversary is trying to destroy us. But I think we need to turn that around. His target is the ministry. His target is their family. But tonight we need to turn that around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that Judah took Adonai Bezek. They killed him. They destroyed him. Then they won many, many battles on the mountaintops. They won a lot of battles. But it came time when they had to fight in the valley. You can win all the battles you want to on the mountain. But the ones that really matter is in the valley. In the low places of life, if you please. When things ain't going good. When things ain't going just like you think they ought to go. You can't live your life on the mountain all the time. Matter of fact, you've got to be able to fight in the valley before you can even get to the mountain. You've got to be able to take the enemy in the valley before you can get to the mountain of revival. Or the mountain of victory. Or the mountain of power and authority. You've got to be able to fight in the valley. 
You can't take nothing if you're not going to fight in the valley. You got to fight when you don't feel like fighting. You got to fight when you don't feel like you need to fight. You got to let the devil know that you're not going to let the ignorance of humanity cause you to forget who your adversary is. I know who my adversary is. And I know who my victor is tonight. So the Bible said that they come to the valley. God was with them. God was with them. And when they got to the valley, they saw chariots of iron. Impenetrable chariots. Things that they didn't feel like they could conquer. But the first battle that they had to fight when they crossed into Jordan was impenetrable walls of Jericho. And the Bible said the Lord gave them instruction how to destroy those things you don't feel like you can penetrate through. Now I know what ministry goes through. I know what preachers' families go through. There's times when you feel like there's obstacles that you cannot penetrate and that you cannot conquer. I want you to know tonight that there is nothing by the grace and the power of God that you cannot come through. There is nothing. Sometimes you may have to weld a sword. Sometimes you may have to throw a spear. And sometimes you just may have to let out a shout before that thing which seems to be unimpenetrable comes down. But it will come down. You hear what I'm telling you? It will come down. It will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Chariots of iron. Sometimes all you've got to do is just trust God. The sin of Judah was not the fact that they just feared these chariots of iron. It's the fact that they ceased to rely on God for their victory. Man, they trusted God for the mountaintop victories. Now it's time for you to trust God for the valley victories. The God that is God on the mountain, He's the same God in the valley. I said he's the same God in the valley. You may be walking through a low place right now. But I'm telling you he's the God of the valley. Judah, if you don't win the battle of the valley, you lose the promises of God. If you don't win the battle of the valley, you're going to be pricked in the eyes by an adversary. That you let live. You're going to be stabbed by the thorns of those that you let live. By the things, the idolatry that you let go on. And you just did not want to fight against. By the compromises that you made with an adversary. Can I tell a preacher here tonight. I've seen a lot of things. Man, I've seen a guy that I've loved to hear preach years ago. And now he's full-blown charismatic. It's just sickening. I couldn't hardly stand it. Can I tell you, compromise is not revival. Compromise does not grow a church. Compromise does not bring you...
When you start compromising, you cease to fight. And we can't stop fighting right now. It's not time to stop fighting. It's time to fight harder than you've ever fought. Preacher's wife, it ain't time for you to give up. It ain't time for you to go in depression. It ain't time for you to give up and say, you know what? It ain't worth it no more. It ain't time for you to get lock hold. It ain't time for you to get in a fetal position and say, you know what? This is just hurts too bad. God called you to the church in your position for such a time as this. I remember in Reynoldsburg, I went through some things. Uh, and uh, there was a couple men that turned on me. And uh, I was praying one day and I said, God, I forgive these men. I want you to forgive them. And the Lord said, my wrath toward them is not because of what they did to you. It's because of what they did to my church. The Lord was letting me to know I called you into that position to take the force of what you're going through right now. But it's what they did to my church. His main concern is his church. You hear what I'm telling you? It ain't about you. It's about his church. You can't forget who you lied on to get you or relied on. The one who got you to where you are today. You can't forget the one you trusted in to get you to where you are today. You can't forget the one that delivered you from difficult times and hard trials. You can't forget the one now that you're in the valley. You can't forget him. You've got to keep on relying on him. I want you to know he can deliver you and he will deliver you and he will bring revival. Uh, he will bring revival and he will bring growth to a church whose pastor will not cease to rely on God and not give up in the time of battle and not give up in the midst of a valley. He'll give you revival. I said he'll do it. Anybody believe he'll do it? He'll do it. He'll do it. Sometimes, sometimes we preachers, we get, man, our church gets so big and we think, you know what? Man, we're just coasting right now. There ain't no such thing as coasting in the church. There ain't no such thing as a word called relaxed in the church. No, sir. It's always your own guard. It's always a battle. It's always fighting. I don't want to stagnate. I don't want to just give up and throw in the towel and say this is enough. When is it enough? When the last soul on the face of this earth has prayed through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost and been baptized in Jesus' name. It's never enough. It's the valleys that distract us. It's those things that in the low places, 
And I know, man, you can go through them. Your wife can go through them. Young people, your children can go through those low places. They can be rejected. They can be betrayed. They can go through hardships. They can go through mental battles. You can go through the same valleys. And sometimes the trials that you go through may seem like you'll never penetrate them. I want you to know today that you've got to step into that valley. Whether or not you want to fight it or not, you've got to make yourself get down in that valley God said every promise I've ever given to you it relies on you fighting in that valley if you can endure the hardship and you can endure the pain I got blessing on the other side I got promise on the other side I got a land flowing with milk and honey on the other side you gotta fight that valley you gotta get in that valley I wish somebody just praise you for a minute. You got to rely on God. True victory is in the valley. You got to be able to win in the low places of life. When the doctor says you've got cancer, you got to fight through that valley. When the church says, you know what? I don't know if I want you to be around much longer, Pastor. you got to fight through that valley. I'm telling you, there can crazy devils can come out of a valley. But if you're willing to fight through those valleys and fight into those spirits, uh, there's going to be a great mountain of revival and growth. Uh, there is nothing, nothing worth having that you don't have to fight for. You've got to you're not just fighting for you you're fighting for the church you're fighting for israel you're fighting for the kingdom you're fighting for your family you got to be able to fight in the valley when there's rejection you got to be able to fight in the valley when there's betrayal. You got to be able to fight when you've been wounded. You got to be able to fight when you've been lied on. You got to be able to fight when you failed God multiple times. You got to be able to fight. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord and commit your ways into the hand of God. a little something here we talk about great faith we talk about great faith to move mountains we talk about great faith to heal to raise the dead I want to tell you what I feel like the greatest faith there is the greatest faith is when a man fails and he gets back up and he fails and he gets back up and he fails and he gets back up if a man falls a hundred times and he can get back up that's what i call great faith to trust god for forgiveness after you failed him so many times and trust him that he's going to forgive you that's great faith there's no such thing as somebody being eternally lost that keeps getting up and don't give up and don't throw in the I'm not going to live in condemnation. I'm not going to live in guilt. And I'm not going to live in shame. I'm going to live in the forgiveness of God and trust God. I may be a failure.
long as I can trust in the unfailing hand of mercy, I'll be all right. First Samuel 17 tells us the story of David and Goliath. Israel on one side, on a mountain, and Philistines on another. And the valley of Elah was in the middle. It had probably been raining for a long time because the battle was held up for 40 days. And they had to fight in that valley that was waterlogged. So they held up. And when things began to dry out, a giant came out. An uncircumcised Philistine and defied the armies of God. Send, uh, send me a man. I'll fight with him. You win, we serve you. I win, you serve us. My, in the valley of Elah. Philistines had already taken Judah territory. Now they want the valley. The valley was a strategic place because it led through the rest of the way up through the mountains of Judah. That's where the stronghold of Israel was. And the giants knew and Philistines knew that if they get that valley, Israel will be annihilated. No hope. Their future gone. There is no way they're going to survive that. And here's a giant that's defying God's army and God's church. And nobody in Israel wants to go to the valley and fight that giant. Nobody. Is there anything in the church and living for God that has a cause bigger than survival and bigger than strategic territory? I want you to know this church is moving forward, but it's going to move forward on a vision of what God has given us. Warriors don't want to go to the valley. The army don't want to go to the valley. Preacher's kid, let me hear you. I want to talk to you. Nobody wants to go to the valley. The adults don't want to go to the valley. That's a big giant out there. That's an uncircumcised Philistine. He's unclean. But nobody wanted to go fight the unclean. Nobody. Somebody said this generation's weak. This generation is full of games and full of frivolousness. And you know what? There is some among us that is like that. But I want to tell you, there's a group of young people in the church of the living God that when mom and dad don't want to fight in the valley, the kids are going to say, is there not a cause? Somebody Oh, come on, young people. I need some young men and women to stand up right now and say, Hey, it's worth the fight. It's worth the battle. I'll get down in that valley. I'm not afraid of this. I 
don't need Saul's helmet. I don't need Saul's breastplate. I don't need Saul's sword. I don't need Saul's armor. I don't need Saul's shield. All I need is my sling. I killed a bear with that one day. I killed a lion with that one day. And I'll kill an uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of God. I'm telling you, your victory is really not on the mountain. Your victory is in the valley. You win the valley. You win everything. Everything. I've come to preach against oppression. I've come to preach against oppression. I've come to preach against suppression. I want you to know it ain't all about going around with your lip hanging out. It ain't all no, 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 no. The only way people go around feeling sorry for themselves is people that don't want to fight in the valley. When you're willing to fight the giant in the valley, I'm telling you, you'll not walk around with your lip hanging out. You'll walk around with your head lifted up, knowing that there's a call. I wish I had some young men and young ladies that would wave your hand and say, I believe in the cause. I believe in the cause. One God preaching is worth fighting for. Jesus' name baptizing is worth fighting for. Holy living is worth fighting for. There's a cause. Giants, 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 giants do fall. I've been in Carrollton 16 years. First 10 years, nine years. Pardon the expression, but it was like walking through hell. Seriously, I don't say that lightly. I've got some burn marks. But I remember, church couldn't worship, bound up, jumped, fell. And I just remember, every time my wife would say, are you sure you're in the will of God? And all I could tell her was, I heard God speak to me. That's all I could say. I wish I could have said, no, let's get out of here. But I said, God spoke to me. And I would preach, I would study, I would pray, and I would preach. Knowing that's all I knew to do. When you got devils fighting you, when you got things that seem bigger than what you can imagine, when you got impenetrable battles to fight, and you don't know if you can get through it or not, all you do is to do what you know is right. You keep preaching. You keep living right. You keep doing right. You keep doing the will of God. You keep praying. And sooner or later, that which seemed like it would never come down, it's going to come down. And so I just kept on preaching. I get up real early on Sunday mornings 
and I go to church and uh, I pray. Really, it starts Friday when I really start sweating things out. Friday comes along, Saturday comes, and then Sunday morning early, you get up. You try to put it all together. I was praying in the sanctuary, and we was in the storefront, big glass in the back. Brother Marks was there, and I was praying, and I had the shades open. And there seemed like, I'm just going to tell you how it came to me and how I saw it. If you don't believe it, don't, that's all right. But I saw this big, big image. Looked like it was 10 foot tall. And he was staring in that window in the back. And he looked like he had on one of those assassin hoods. You know, I couldn't see a face. It's just black. And I, I was just looking at it. I thought, devil, I rebuke you. I bind you. I rebuke you. Get out of here. And that thing just stood there. And the Lord said, rebuke it again. And I rebuked it in Jesus' name. And all of a sudden, that thing went boom. And I kept praying. 20 minutes later, another one came. And he stood back there. And the Lord said, rebuke it. And I rebuked it in Jesus' name. And it, boom. Five of them showed up in a two-hour period of time. Five of them. And I kept rebuking. And they kept falling. And the Lord said, son, giants do die. You just got to keep fighting. They're going to die. And you know what? That was the beginning of what God is doing right now in Kelton. You may fight devils. You may fight giants. But they do die. You're going to fight spirits you don't even understand and don't even know yet. But they're going to die too. Don't you ever think they cannot fall. They can fall. But don't be afraid to go into that low place and fight that battle. That's where the victory is. I feel like somebody ought to just let out a shout. Yes! I may walk out of this valley crippled. I may walk out of this valley wounded. But rest assured one thing. I'm going to walk out of this valley. And when I walk out, I'll have the victory. I'm preaching to some folks here tonight. You're one battle away in the valley from seeing the greatest revival and the greatest growth in your church that you've ever seen. I'm preaching to some young people right now. You're one battle away in the valley from seeing a great deliverance. It's hard to shout on a mountain. You may fall off, but you can shout in the valley. You can shout in the valley.
Hey, preacher, take a hold of your wife right now. I want you to raise that hand up. And I want you to let her know she's not going to fight in the valley by herself. Hey, preacher, I want you to take your kids by the hand. Let them know there's some giants that's going to show up in the valley, but you ain't going to have to fight that battle alone. Said, pray. We don't need no mumbling going on. We need some apostolic warriors lifting up their voice. You gotta win the valley. If you win the valley, you win everything. Sometimes all it takes to break and destroy the impenetrable is a shout. I wish somebody would give out God a shout. Shout, watch those walls come down. Shout, watch those chariots be destroyed. Shout! You'll drive that devil out of your home! Shout! You'll bring those kids back to God! You know, sometimes preachers, we feel like we got to hold everything back. We got to be dignified, maybe not dignified, but just maybe not lose our emotions. I want to tell you something. If you don't lose your emotions in God, your church will never lose their emotions in God. If you don't let the church know how you really feel about God, they'll never know how to respond to that. 
That's the reason why people go to football games. Somebody else has showed their emotions concerning somebody throwing a football or somebody shooting a basketball. I think preachers ought to be the ones that let the church know how great God is, how big God is, how mighty God is. Let your kids know. Let your wife know. Psalms 23. Psalms 22 was the psalm of a crucified shepherd. Psalms 24 is the psalm of a shepherd king. Psalms 23 is the psalm of a king that provides for his flock, a shepherd that provides for his flock in the midst of a valley. When you win the victory of the battle, of the valley. I know I'm going through it right now, but that's all right. God has seen me through. I've been met before at the door. People, I say, how you doing? Brother Tell you just don't understand everything. Sound like a verbal machine gun. Then I say to some people, how are you doing today? You know, Brother Tiller, I've had a rough week physically, but God is good. God is good. I got an elder in the in the hospital right now. I don't know if he's going to make it or he's not going to make it. He's disoriented. His little wife, they've been married 62 years. I've talked to her every day, gone to the hospital. And man, she, I said, Sister Linda, how you doing today? Brother Tiller, Bob ain't doing no good. I don't know what I'm going to do without him. And this, 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 this. But I know one thing. I said, what's that one thing? God is good. You know what that is? That's fighting a giant in the valley. It may not be all roses. It may be tough. It may be hard. Things may not be easy. But I know one thing. God is good. And the shepherd is faithful. So the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want a psalm of the valley. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Somebody say, in the valley. He makes me to be content. He protects me. He feeds me. He gets the flies off of me. Sheep can't lay down if they feel like they're in danger, if they're hungry, and if they got flies on them. But the shepherd, man, he brings contentment in the valley. He makes me lay down and find peace in that valley. He feeds me in the valley. Can I tell you, your greatest strength is not going to come on the mountain. It's going to come when you're in the valley. He leadeth me beside still waters. Everybody say in the valley. Waters don't run on top of a mountain. They run from a mountain, but not in the top of it. And when it comes down, it's running hard. And when it runs hard, it scares the sheep. So the Bible said, He leadeth me beside still waters. Perfect peace. Perfect peace. 
peace. Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee who trusteth in thee. In the valley there is peace. You don't need to worry. You don't need to eat the bread of sorrows in the midst of your battle. No, sir. That's when God gives you perfect peace. You realize it ain't about what you can do. It's about what God does. We think Sunday night shout out is restoration. No, it's not. No, it could be jubilation, but it's never restoration. Restoration comes in the valley. Restoration is when you're hurting. Restoration is when you're in a low place and only God can see you through and only God can give you peace and only God can protect you and only God can give you contentment. It's in that valley. He restores. Everybody say he restores my soul. When my soul gets sorrowful, he restores it. He revives me when I'm broken and when I'm lost and when I feel like I'm a about to die in the time of sinfulness he sanctifies me in the valley he restores my soul I don't want you to take this wrong I'm just going to say it we think when our young people chatter in tongues a little bit boy they're restored back to God that's not true. I'll tell you how you know when they're restored. It's when they go through some hard places and they don't give up and they don't give in. They don't quit fighting. I'll tell you how you know somebody's serious about living for God. It's when all hell breaks loose and they keep on scratching and digging and fighting. I'll tell you how you know when somebody wants to live in victory is when all hell breaks loose against them. People turn against them and they still got their hands in the air and they still got their mouth lifted up. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me in the valley. The valley. We're so afraid of death. And death is our best friend. It takes us from this side to the other side. And the Lord said, I'll be with you. Don't fear the evil. Fellowship, the valley. I'll fear no evil. The rod and the staff, they comfort me. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. His rod was his staff. His staff was his rod. The very thing he corrected David with is the very thing that David leaned on in the time of struggle and hurt. Don't be afraid to correct your people. I just shot it in the foot right there, didn't I? Don't be afraid.
afraid to tell somebody when they're not right. Do it in the right spirit. Do it in love. But don't be afraid. They need the comfort of that correction down the road somewhere. He sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the valley, David remembering maybe failure here. And he remembered that God didn't leave him alone just because he failed. But God fixed a table. Not just brought him a sandwich somewhere on the backside of a desert. But he fixed a table right in front of his enemies. Failed God. Can you get on the ground? Fall on the ground. Get, get back up. Come on, David. And then he falls again. Get back up. And the enemy's saying, You're a failure. 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 Get down again. You're a failure. This time, God lifts him up. Come on. And God said, come on, son, you've been fighting a big giant right there. You've been fighting in this valley long enough. I got a table that I made just for you. It's going to strengthen you. It's going to empower you. But let me tell you what it's really going to do. It's going to let the devil know and every demon in hell that you're still my child. Sit down right there. Sit down. At the table, the Lord has prepared a table before me. And he looks at every demon in hell. And he said, look at here. You may have knocked him down, but I got him back up. You may have taken strength out of him, but I'm going to put strength back in him. In the valley. In the valley. feed him. Not only have I prepared a table, I'm going to anoint him with a fresh oil. And the anointing oil destroys every yoke. Come on, I'm telling you, the battle is worth it in the valley. The battle is worth it in the valley. There's things you get in the valley you don't get anywhere else.
full of devils and giants. He said, give me the mountain. But what we don't read is that Hebrew valley, Hebron valley, had to have many, many valleys around it. And the Hebron mountains were a mountain range that the 12 spies went out and spied the land. And they come back saying, oh, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. And I've got grapes, clusters of grapes that I've got to carry on a rod with somebody else helping me. Oh, yeah, that's a great place, isn't it? Everybody saw that. 12 spies saw that. And when Caleb come back and he found out that they wasn't going to go, he said, Moses, promise me you'll give me the mountain. And we often talk about that mountain. But do you know what it took to get to that mountain? Fighting in valleys. You think those giants were just in the mountains? Oh, no. They were in that Hebron territory. Saturated. And Caleb said, I want the mountain. But he said, if I got to fight in the valley, that's all right, too. But the promise was the mountain. So if I got to fight through the valley to get to the promise, I'll fight through the valley to get to the promise. But the promise is the mountain. If God says I can have healing, I may have to fight, fight through a valley of sickness and fight through a valley of doctor's appointments and fight through some chemo. I may have, but I want you to know if you can fight through the valley, I believe there's healing in the mountain. to go to the high country and I'm done y'all can come everybody wants to go to the high country when you study, study military strategies everybody wants the high country get to the high country you enable yourself for victory if you get to the high country but to get to the high country you gotta climb that mountain and you gotta get through that valley I want to go to heaven, Daniel McKillop. Damon, I want to go to heaven. But before I, before I get to Mount Zion, the eternal home of the soul, I'm living in a valley right now. A valley that's going to bring rejection and pain. A valley that's going to hurt sometimes and confuse sometimes. But as long as I'm willing to fight in this valley. Whether by the sound of a trumpet or by the way of a grave. I'm going to get to that mountain. I want you to take hold of your family. Take hold of your children. Take hold of your wife, preachers.
Come on, brother and sister, that giant does fall. Those walls do come down. Your victory is not on the mountain. Your victory is in that valley. If you win the victory in the valley, you win the victory of everything. Jesus didn't say he'd deliver you from everything. He said some things you're just going to have to endure, but you endured in the valley. And the promise comes. Can you lift your hands to the Lord right now? Lift your voice as loud as you can lift it. I think it'd be good if everybody that will and can get around this altar. Come on, bring your families, bring your wives, bring your children. If I'm going to fight in this valley, I'm going to fight it around an altar. apostolic intercession we need breakthrough prayers we need effectual prayers of righteous people that avail much that word fervent means forceful prayers effectual forceful prayer of a righteous man. Don't you pray right now? Do you feel renewed in your spirit? There's a fresh anointing that comes in the valley. You thought this valley was just something you had to go through. I'm telling you, there's peace in this valley for you. There's restoration in this valley for you. There's anointing in this valley. There's nourishment in this valley. Yes, this valley was not for naught. This valley has purpose. 